Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, good to be with you here at the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, and uh, also well, we'll be featured on our After Hours podcast today on the Believe Podcast Network, where this gentleman does an outstanding job and uh, is uh, the host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Played for the Chiefs, uh, certainly has uh, wonderful insights into uh, what's happening with that franchise. We welcome Joe Valeria to the show. Uh, Joe, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, with us. Good morning, guys. Thank you for, for having me on. Yeah, throw in the extra uh, little bit that I live in Philadelphia and grew up uh, an Eagles fan, kind of adds a little bit to the mix <laughs> for preparation for this game and covering the game. So it's... Uh, I'm I'm a little bit torn to be honest. Oh wow! Well, I mean, that's uh, you know a tough one because I mean, obviously, you you have to be tied in pretty closely with the Chiefs having played for them and uh, you know doing uh, this year-round coverage on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been covering them. Uh, my partner Jeff Bedot and I, who writes for Forbes Magazine, we've been covering them for a couple of years on the Believe Network, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, getting back in touch with fan base and what's going on in the organization and uh you know really able to provide some uh some fun insights in, into the game and what's going on and, and this is a team that you know gosh jeff and i couldn't have started this you know with, with the believe network at a better time with the chiefs right i mean five afc yeah. championships three super bowls five years why not ride the time what, what you know it's ride. not like being a dolphin reporter like we are down here <laughs> oh my goodness gracious no they're all they're yeah. up and coming i can see i can see it coming you know uh obviously with bringing on Tyreek and, you know, get Tua back and, and see how that all plays out. But, you know, it's definitely an organization on the rise. So I love the AFC. I mean, it, you know, it's just a, it's such a great conference. I mean, I, I thought the AFC was fantastic this year, the competition between all the teams. I was a little disappointed with the AFC West. I mean, when we went into this season, we thought that the Chiefs were going to basically limp into the playoffs because we thought that the AFC West was just going to literally beat each other up all season, you know, between it looked loaded. What, yeah. the, what they did I mean, between what the Raiders were doing and, and the chargers and the Broncos, my gosh, with, you know, bringing on Russell Wilson. Like we thought, Oh man, this is going to be a division that just literally knocks itself out to try to get to the playoffs and didn't really turn out to be that way. You know, the, the competition obviously came from other parts of the AFC with uh, you know Jacksonville on the rise, you got you know this Bengals team that's going to be around for a long time, and and obviously um, you know what's going on in Buffalo, right? They've got they've got all the pieces of the puzzle there, you know, leading the way with Josh Allen. So yeah, I, I I'm excited about the AFC. You know, the NFC with the Eagles coming out of you know I that's my my biggest concern for the Eagles if I'm looking in in that pers- from that perspective. They um, I don't think they've seen an offense like the Chiefs this year. Uh, they saw them last year, and it didn't really go well for the Eagles uh, defensively, uh, the way the Chiefs put up a lot of points. So, But this is a different Eagles team. But I, I just think even this year, the Eagles haven't really seen anything like that. Um, and neither have the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not seen anything like Jalen Hurts in the RPO. So that's why I think this, the pressure of this game rests solely on both defenses and, of course, the quarterback. Joe, and I know you're not in Kansas City, but you do cover the Chiefs, play there, and uh, your partner uh, covers the Chiefs as well. Uh, to me, it, it, and I don't know if I'm missing it, but like the questions are around Mahomes' health. Look, until that one throw near the sideline, he looked actually pretty solid. And two weeks off, I feel like he, he'll be okay. My question, and it's something no one's talking about, is the three receivers. <laughs> like, Tony, 
and Juju Smith-Schuster and Hardman were playing really well, and the offense was cooking. And then those three guys were out, and the offense wasn't cooking. And what is the word on their health, like their status for the big game, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Kadarius is, is going to be oh, – I think he's going to probably be day-to-day. And, and I think, you know, Juju's going to be fine. He's tough. I mean, that's the kind of receiver that the Chiefs needed to pick up this offseason. You know, he's like a Julian Edelman type, yeah. tough, across the middle, very possession-driven uh, from his, his receptions. You know, he's not, not going to be – he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not McCole Hardman with the speed, but he definitely has the quick – in the middle of the field to, to get open and find those open spaces. Um, you know, I think McColl's out and, and I oh. think that's going to be a loss for them. I mean, that, you know, if, if Kadarius can't go, it takes away, you know, a few, a few pages of the chiefs playbook. I mean, you've got, you know, I don't know how much jet sweeping we'll see. Um, you know, it's, it, that's the one thing that I think this team will miss if they don't have somebody like that, like Kadarius Tony to get healthy, and get in there because that 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 extra little speed in their game is what I think makes this new diverse receiving core click. I mean, they're you know MVS is that sort of back shoulder guy that the Chiefs have always needed, right? Bigger, a little bit taller. Um, you know, they they needed I think the Juju Smith Schuster to kind of act in that you know Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. If you go back to those Patriot uh, you know dynasties where they always had a possession receiver and then you throw in the speed of McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony. And like, now you've got something to post around uh, Travis Kelsey, but you know, without that speed factor, Andy and Eric, the enemy are going to have to go to the lab and cook something up for sure. Obviously uh, the uh, chiefs defense, uh, they looked uh, pretty good to me uh, in this game. And I, I ended up seeing a lot of the late season uh, chiefs ball games around the uh, national broadcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, against a very potent Cincinnati offense, uh, that's not an easy team to stop. Uh, we, we'd seen that uh, throughout the, uh, you know, from uh, like week four on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and Joe Burrow usually comes up big in these spots. But uh, I, I thought the Kansas City defense uh, showed very well there. I mean, uh, they had been, you know, somewhat inconsistent during the course of the season in the games I watched. And, and there was a disturbing tendency. I, I guess this has been true, uh, you know, for the last couple of seasons for the Chiefs to kind of hang around and leave teams in games that they otherwise appear to be in a spot to maybe run away from, including this one where they're up only 6 nothing after a first quarter where they had 110 yards to zero for Cincinnati. Yeah, it, it definitely has been, for lack of better terms, an Achilles heel for this team is their ability to put the pedal to the metal and just run away with games. I, for some reason, they just yeah. let teams hang around. I you know, part of it's credit to the types of offenses that uh, exist in, in, in the AFC, which you know obviously where the Chiefs play the bulk of their games. And you know I think they've gotten better and better against this what I would call new wave quarterback, right? The Josh Allen's, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts, Derek Carr to a certain degree. You know Lamar Jackson is probably a little closer to a Jalen Hurts than than some of those quarterbacks, and that's. That's what's causing me pause, and I think that's why the Chiefs are an underdog in this game. I, I think the X factor is Jalen Hurts and what he's going to be able to do with the RPO because while the Chiefs have played against some very mobile and, and foot-happy quarterbacks like the Josh Allens and Joe Burrows of the world, they've never really played Badly. much against this whole RPO thing where you have a true running threat with your quarterback. And with Jalen Hurts healthy now, you know, after – you know, his weeks off prior to the NFC Championship game, 
plus the um, the uh, the weeks off now before the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, they were running him against San Francisco in the RPO to the outside so he could get out of bounds or or, or slide. He never really ran the off-tackle RPO, which I, I would imagine since it's the last game of the year, they're going to put that one back in the playbook because that's been very effective. And if you saw, you know, this awesome Eagles offensive line, what they were able to do, they had some gashing holes running that RPO because it just holds those linebackers on the backside so much when you don't know if Jalen's going to keep the ball or throw the ball uh, or hand it off. And, you know, you saw some major you know, holes you could drive a truck through with relatively decent running backs. I mean, the Eagles have good, solid running backs. Don't get me wrong. They're, but they're not Walter Payton. They're not Barry <laughs> Sanders or, you know, Christian Okoye's in there. Yep. You know, these guys are, they're all, but both the Eagles and the Chiefs have very B, B-plus running backs, but their schemes are, are able to make them much more effective. And that's my biggest fear for the Chiefs defense is being disciplined enough to stop the RPO and not letting any big gashing runs take away some momentum for them. Okay, you are in the Philly area. You're from the Philly area, so you get the Eagles vibe. How healthy is Hurts? Because, and, and thank you for saying that. A lot of people have not given the Niners, they, they focus on the injury. To me, as much as the injury was the, the way the Niners played defense. Like the Niners were really smart in not over pursuing, which is what you don't want to do versus an athletic running quarterback. And people kept talking about, well, he's injured. And yeah, a lot of his throws were off in a way that's not normal for him but they also were, were keeping him in there. Is he healthier? Because you're making it seem like it wasn't injury as much as it was just the way they were defending him. What is the word out of Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts' shoulder? Like, is he healthier? It has been three weeks off out of four, out of uh, out of a couple games. Yeah. yeah, I would say that he's he's going to come into this game very, very close to 90, 100%, oh, wow. right? Yeah. Those shoulder injuries are tough. I, I, You know, you could just see by the way that he was carrying himself in that game that that he definitely want to take big hits. And I, I definitely, I, I credit the, the Eagles uh, offensive staff for, for keeping the game plan relatively basic. Once they knew the wheels were coming off the bus, you know, of yeah. the 49ers. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and that was, I think that was really, really smart. So when he was running the ball, like I said earlier, he was heading to the outside where he could slide or get out of bounds. He was yep. not going to take a big hit. And, and I think that was really smart. My, the biggest fear whenever you have an injury like that, both he and Patrick Mahomes, is, is you want to rest. You want to make sure you're not doing anything that's going to aggravate an injury so you can't be at your best. But at the same time, you don't want any rust to develop either, right, that you're going to have to shake off in the first quarter of a game where, you know, if you're not – if your timing is off. Or, I mean, you know, the NFL is a game of timing these days. The teams don't hit like we used to back in the 90s and early 2000s where – you know, you got after it every practice and you learned how to take hits and you kind of learned to play through that pain. The players are completely uh, differently conditioned these days. So that's a that's a, a, a fear is that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts, if they rest them too much, that they're going to get that rust. And when, that, when they get that first hit or they try to throw that first deep ball or make that first big cut because they have to because it's the biggest stage you know, in NF in the NFL, uh, you know, you hope that th- th- there's not too much rust there keeping them from performing. So, man, talk about a fine balance of, of coaches trying to get these guys ready. That's that's where I think the real chess match starts. It started last uh, Tuesday. You know, after the uh, conference championship games, about what are we, what ga- how are we going to put together a game plan, uh, a practice game plan that keeps these guys both healthy and uh, in tune. 
Joe Valeria doing an outstanding job for us here. Uh, you can catch him on the uh, Believe in Chiefs podcast with his partner uh, on the Believe uh, podcast network. And, of course, we're there with uh, After Hours uh, if you're followers of this show. And uh, you can catch that and uh, a lot of different things happening uh, on that program uh, for us as well. Uh, all right, one final thing because you have familiarity with both. Uh, now, uh, I am like you. I, I grew up an AFL guy and then an AFC guy. Of course, we've been covering the Dolphins down here for 40-plus years. I I worked at Shea Stadium as a vendor, was a big Jet fan, uh, including Super Bowl three there with Joe Willie. So, uh, you know, always been uh, an admirer of the uh, AFL, AFC style of play also. It seems like they have the better quarterbacks, more exciting, wide-open offenses throughout the history. So I'm going to put a little wager on the uh, Chiefs, I I believe. I'm going to be in Atlantic City, and Atlantic City, New Jersey, uh, is an Eagles stronghold. Uh, I mean, the likes of which... I, I don't know how sheepish. I mean, what would you suggest? How, how do I navigate my way through what would have to be an overwhelming number of very angry Philadelphia Eagle fans, including some boys, uh, you know, that look like they might have put some money on the streets at, at different times. Yeah. Uh, don't wear red. Don't wear red. Uh, don't dress like Andy Reid, uh, in other words. Yeah. No, no, don't, don't dress like Andy Reid. Definitely keep, keep, uh, keep, stay neutral colors. And right. When you grab, you know, when you grab your ticket, you know, and you put put the wager down, don't be waving it around and telling everybody, "Hey, no, that wouldn't be me." <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Chiefs the got this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep it on the down low, as we like to yeah. say here in uh, you know in Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's going to be these. This city is is really riled up in Philadelphia. They're ready to go. They're they're greasing the telephone poles at this point to make sure the fans don't. Uh, you know, come <laughs> to the top like they usually do when there's a championship. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the one thing I'm really um, looking forward to is a very clean uh, pregame and, 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 and sort of pre-week uh, uh, festivities because I think these two teams have an immense amount of respect for each other. As, as geographically diverse as they are, yeah. you know, a Midwestern smaller town and a big East Coast metropolitan city, you know, that, that maybe finds itself being a little more gritty than the, than the Midwest vibe of Kansas City. Uh, I think they have a very, very mutual, good mutual respect for each other. Especially, I mean, then you throw in the fact that you got the Kelsey brothers drama yes. going on. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think this is going to be a a well, uh, a well run. Uh, how should I call it? Pre game, pre week festivities. Uh, you know, just because I think because of. The, the organizations from top to bottom, you know, the organizations, you know, starting with the Lori family and the Hunt family, like they just have a, a respect for the game. And I just don't think you're going to see kind of the stuff you saw with the Chiefs and Bengals or the, the mayor of the city's getting involved. Now, granted, people are going to be confident their team's going to win. You want that as a fan. Yeah. And you're going to want some friendly wagers between, you know, Philly's mayor and Kansas City's mayor, bet a cheesesteak versus some barbecue. Everybody wants to have that kind of fun, but you're not going to see the shenanigans. I think because of the respect that these two teams have um, for each other. Where does a true Philadelphian go for a cheesesteak to wrap things up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a Delisandros or uh, or or Jim's on South Street. That's so Pat's and Gino's are purely like tourists. That's El Teresa, right? Like it's just because I've never yeah. heard a Philadelphian ever give any praise either. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not my. It's, I know it's not my style, but uh, yeah, I definitely would head to Delisandros or or Jim's, and I'm I'm actually a. I love a good Denick's roast pork with the long hot and some broccoli rob too, and some sharp. Oh, okay, that's, that's our man. Uh, we, we do a food show at uh, twelve o'clock on the channel here with a guy named Mike Mayo. 
uh, a former sports writer, and um, that's his thing too. He loves that pork roll, broccoli romp thing. He says that's the ultimate Philadelphia sandwich. All right, well, uh, hopefully it'll be cheesesteaks for everybody. I mean, if you're a Philadelphia fan, and uh, great stuff on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Excellent. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you, uh, Joe, coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the program. I mean, I I think your listeners, all they need to be thinking about are what, how are the Chiefs defensive coordinators drawing up the scout cards for the, um, you know, for the Eagles offense when they're running scout team and who's going to play Jalen Hurts because that's going to be critical. Uh, So, you know, that's something that a lot of fans don't realize is that when you're running scout team and you're trying to emulate an offense, you know, you have to pick players to act like the other players. Cause there's a lot of muscle memory involved in stopping things like the RPO. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I think it's something for listeners to think about is we wonder what they're doing this week and what plays they're drawing up for that chief's defense for the scout team. Hurts though, did not look as dangerous yeah. to me. I, I know they, you know, uh, tailed it, scaled it back cause they had the game on the ramps after it was 21 seven, but, uh, he didn't look as dangerous or explosive, uh, either throwing a ball or running, uh, as, as he did at different times during the course of the season uh, prior yeah, to uh, sustaining that injury. Yeah, I'd expect them to let him loose this week. It's, they're going to let him loose. And yeah. the last game, you know, you get the whole offseason to recover, and I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be the X factor. He and, P and Patrick, obviously, are going to be the X factors of this game. We'll see what happens. Yeah, excellent stuff, Joe. Sure, Thanks thank so much you. for being with us. All right, Appreciate guys. it. Joe Great. Valeria. Believe in Chiefs podcast on Believe great. Podcast Network, where we are with After Hours. And we are here After Hours. And that pretty much was our After Hours podcast for today, too. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.